God's wisdom revealed by the Spirit. We do, however, speak a message of wisdom among the mature, but not the wisdom of this age or of the rulers of this age, who are coming to nothing. Nor we declare God's wisdom a mystery that has been hidden and that God destined for our glory before time began. None of the rulers of this age understood it, for if they had, they would not have crucified the Lord of glory. However, as it is written, what no eye has seen, what no ear has heard, and what no human's mind has conceived, the things God has prepared for those who love him. These are the things God has revealed to us by his Spirit. The Spirit searches all things, even the deep things of God. For who knows a person's thoughts except their own spirit within them? In the same way, no one knows the thoughts of God except the spirit of God. What we have received is not the spirit of the world, but the spirit who is from God, so that we may understand what God has freely given to us. This is what we speak, not in words taught by human wisdom, but in words taught by the Spirit, explaining spiritual realities with Spirit-taught words. The person without the Spirit does not accept the things that come from the Spirit of God, but considers them foolishness and cannot understand them because they are discerned only through the Spirit. The person with the Spirit makes judgments about all things but such a person is not subject to merely human judgment. For who has known the mind of the Lord so as to instruct him? But we have the mind of Christ. This is the word of the Lord. Good evening, everyone. Good to see you all here on such a, a windy and well, not very, not very nice night, but it's, it's warm in here, and um, God warms our hearts, and there's a truth in that, and we we'll learn about that in a few moments. Let's just pray, Heavenly Father. Whatever the day has brought us, we know you are with us now, and give you our thanks. We recognise you as the majestic God, the God above the universe, the God on the highest plane that there can be in this kingdom, in this world. We thank you for your sovereignty, but we thank you for your closeness too. And we thank you for your Holy Spirit, which empowers us and challenges us in our daily lives, but brings us to know the loving God, Lord, that you are, and helps us to show that in our lives. Amen. When I bought a small clock, uh, I didn't know it was an alarm clock, but the idea was it was to go in the front room because I've refurbished and I, for some reason I didn't have a clock. And technology isn't very good with me, so trying to work out how to even get the clock on the television, an hour would have passed. But this clock was good and I turned it on. And first of all, it said 17. I thought, what's that? And I realised that was a temperature in the room, so it's quite posh. 
Then it flashed something else. So, being a man, I thought I'll get the instructions out <laughs> after trying to fix it myself. But then I noticed the instructions <laughs> were in Japanese or Chinese. There's a frustration there, isn't there, when you've got something that you actually know works and you can see it's nearly there. But there's something there that you just can't understand. And pressing all the buttons didn't do something. I have actually managed to get the work now, but I think the Christian life, without stealing the sermon, can be like that. Without understanding God and understanding his spirit and understanding his love and reading the Bible, we've, we've sort of lost that instruction, that simple instruction that, that makes it complete in fullness. And in the world, well, obviously, they never actually try to interpret the instruction. So let's see what Paul says about this frustration. So the title is God's Wisdom is Revealed by the Spirit, which is 1 Corinthians chapter 2, verse 6. We do, have, however, speak of a message of wisdom among the mature, but not the wisdom of this age or of the rulers of this age, who are coming to nothing. The letter starts by Paul the Apostle addressing the Christian church in Corinth. He writes the letter in love to direct and tell them on many issues they might face. In 1 Corinthians 2, verses 6 to 16, he addresses why would the world not see Jesus? And you could add, actually, why do some people in the church not fully see the kingdom? But in verse 6, Paul is immediately identifying that it is not intellect that fully reveals the mystery of the cross. He actually says we speak a word of wisdom among the mature. So it is a point where a life is lived and it is impacted that makes a person become born again. We do not speak a wisdom of matureness of along people, but even if we did, it actually says that the rulers of this world and those in authority, actually it would probably come to nothing. You see, our message that we speak, of course, is the cross. It's the saving power. It's the assurance of eternity. It's a discovery of a relationship with our Heavenly Father. But wisdom is not really what lets us understand the message. Why does the world reject the message? Well, 2 Timothy chapter 4, verses 4 to 6 says, The world will reject the truth and chase after myths. You see, the world clings to things that the Christian person cannot cling to any longer. And slowly in our Christian life, we realize those things weren't actually worth clinging to. The world leads on power. It leads on being prosperous. It leads on 
how many things we have or really stressing on how many things we don't. If you look at a job description, it would always boast about the qualifications and the experience. But actually coming into a Christian life, you don't actually need any qualifications at all, apart from faith and trust. So we declare God's wisdom, a mystery that has been hidden and that God destined for our glory before time began. None of the rulers of this age would understand it. For if they had, they would have not crucified the Lord of glory. Rulers can easily reject the message just to show that there's no support of a saviour. Basically, it's come to nothing. So as we declare God's word, it is a mystery. It's been hidden, yet when you think it is so important that it was actually God's saving plan from us from the beginning, it was destined for our glory. That doesn't seem to relate that God was destined for our glory. Surely we should be destined for his glory, to to witness his glory. But before time began, God gave his glory to us as a method of salvation to actually count the cost and to explain to us the mystery of the message, which is through the cross. None of the rulers of Jesus' time understood the message. They expected him to be a royal king, not a one that would come on a donkey. The rulers at that time never understood the message, for if they had, they would not have hurt Jesus and crucified him as they did. So how does this message be revealed? How does it change lives? How does it impact people so much that they give everything away for its cause? How does it impact people so much that someone who's been on the life of a street, drinking in despair, is now leading people to Christ in prisons. Well, it says our human nature, what no eye has seen and no ear has heard, what no human mind has conceived, the thing that God has prepared for those who love him. So these things God has revealed to us is by his spirit. The Holy Spirit, the same spirit which Jesus promised to the apostles in that upper room on the day of Pentecost. John 14, 15 to 17 says, If you love me and keep my commands, I will ask the Father, And he will give you an advocate to help you and to be with you forever. It will be the spirit of truth. The world cannot accept the message or God because it neither sees him nor knows him. 
but you know me and your lives will be with me. So the Spirit searches all things, even the things of God, the Father, the Son, and the Holy Spirit. But what leads us to that? Well, if you want, I don't know anyone remembers the program, Mr. and Mrs. Anyone? Some older people? Might some younger people? Google it. But you, you had two people who had a marriage and they came on and they looked in love, didn't they? And then you could see the scariness about whether the questions would all be answered. So they'd go in one of these booths that was just made out of plywood with earphones that day, and then when they came back out, they'd be asked questions. It's how much we know God and how much time we spent with him actually makes our maturity. If we were in a booth with Mr. or Mrs. and God, how much do we actually know of him now in your own hearts? Be honest. Do you spend a daily time with him or is it a quick wisp? Do you read the Bible daily? I'm asking these questions to myself as well. And does prayer time sometimes become the last thing instead of the first? Well, God does really want a personal relationship with us. He wants a prayer life. He wants us to read the Bible so we can actually know who he is and what he is and what he's done in the past so we can know what he can do in the future. And the Holy Spirit actually encourages and reveals things to us. I remember the first time I said, Jesus is Lord, at a um, Spring Harvest event. I'd read the Bible for years, but it was just like a brand new book after I'd actually accepted him. And the Holy Spirit certainly showed me things which, uh, which hadn't been revealed in the past. So basically, we need to spend time with him. We need to show our thoughts and show how much we loved him. But remember that God sent his Holy Spirit into us, living in us, to reveal him and give us a more of a yearning heart to know him too. The Spirit searches us. No one can know the thoughts of God except the Spirit of God, it says in verse 11. Go back to the words of Jesus in John 14. The Spirit is an advocate to help you to live out your Christian life. It will prompt you, it will reveal with you, it is in you. So now we understand that God... When we accept him as a saviour, he will give us a spirit to help us. What about our evangelism? What about our daily lives? Do we sometimes get in turmoil if we haven't told someone about Jesus? Or we have and we haven't done it very well? Or we think that's it? That's it, we've ruined the Christian journey for them because we've started to disagree well, let's be rest assured that the Spirit is with us as we actually tell people about Jesus. Verse 13. For who knows a person's thought except their own spirit? In the same way, no one knows the thought of God except the Spirit of God. But what we have received is not of the Spirit of the world, but the Spirit who is in from God, 
so that we may understand what is given us, so that God is working in us all, all the time. So when we speak in his words, it doesn't have to be words that are taught by us, by any human wisdom, but just simply explain simply why you believe in him and he will go before you. The next verses talk about a conflict between our human spirit and the spirit of God. Galatians chapter five, for anyone who might have read it, gives a very down to earth concept of what our human spirit strives for and what the Holy Spirit does. So the acts of flesh are obvious. Sexual immorality, impurity, debauchery, idolatry, and witchcraft. Hatred, discord, jealousy, fits of rage, selfish ambition, orgies, and the like. And here's the warning. I warn you all, those who live like that will not inherit the kingdom of God. There may be one on the list that you can identify that you struggle, there may be more. But certainly in the world, isn't there a culture of that's actually quite a good life? Go on, get out there, enjoy yourself. You've only got one life. And yet look at the pain and the anguish that really actually comes from each of those. Short-term relationships which, have, which haven't got love. Reliance on something that you could be addicted to. Causing hurt to others which could actually eventually come round and hurt you. These are things that the world see are good. But thankfully, God actually wants to turn us more like his son when we accept him. And that's what the Spirit does. So what are the spirits, uh, the fruits of the Spirit? Love, joy, peace, forbearance, kindness, goodness, faithfulness, gentleness, and self-control. We're not there yet, but the Spirit actually does help us to change and move to those things. It says, against those things there are no law. Those who belong to Christ Jesus has crucified the things of the flesh and the passions and desires. Since we live by the Spirit, let us keep in step with the Spirit. So the world's desires is actually to look at the first list. And they do not please God. They live for today and their own desires and needs. So no wonder the cross and the message aggravates people. It's totally against saying actually your life is actually not up to God's standard, but neither is mine. People don't understand the cross they don't understand. If you talk about church, it could be about the building or could be about, oh, it's wonderful and the good deeds done there. But they don't actually understand it is fundamentally the cross. I went to a sandwich shop in South Shields yesterday. And I don't know whether, why, but there was a lady there and she had a black 
top. I counted eight crosses on there of Jesus hanging there. I was actually very tempted to say, I'm pleased to see that you love the Lord. But without being too putting someone in a box, I would be surprised if she actually had said she did. Because the cross hung there for some reason is it's 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 sort of like a good luck charm, isn't it? But we actually know the value of the cross, and that's only shown through the spirit. So sometimes when we do see the message, don't be surprised if we get a bit of um, not very good feedback. It actually is because they do not know the love of God yet. So we have a choice. We either accept Christ or reject him. We accept him and come to him and God will reveal us and change us. Challenge us, but use his spirit to transform us. And he will use our weakest, most messy things to show the heavy message of salvation. Our Christ dwells in us, so we should be fully reliant on him. And so should the church. Those who do not understand the message will probably say the Bible is irrelevant Prayer doesn't matter. Probably be more worried about a pew moving than someone being saved. But through scripture and prayer and fellowship and discipleship together, we can really show Jesus to the world. And with his spirit, he will help us. Why? For the end of the passage, who has known the mind of the Lord as so to instruct him? Of the world we have the mind of Christ available and that's all the power we need